Libby. And I'm Farron. And this is the tip of the iceberg. I'm a rapist. Oh, it's nice to meet you. Welcome back. We are now at episode three of the tip of the iceberg. We're going, we're going big. Go big or go Third home. Third week. And we all know that the biggest one can go is three weeks. So that's why we're very proud. Yeah. Of our three this week huge. podcast. Yeah. Hey. I've Milestones. Had, I've had New Year's resolutions that have not lasted oh, this yeah, long. Oh yeah, I've never so. had one last this long. Never for three weeks? Uh, no. Mm-mm. No, because they're always totally unattainable. Oh, so it's like the quality like of Like losing goal. 60 pounds. <laughs> in a week or yeah, and I get to like three days in and I'm like this is no this, this is, is nope never gonna happen it's not in the cards for me so no I, I can't even clear. remember the last time I did a new year's resolution no I don't do them anymore because I don't stick with them I can't commit we are easily swayable yeah so this is huge that we've we've three weeks, three weeks. it's a big thing yeah it's good yeah, so we are back, and we actually got, I'm a little bit surprised, because I don't think, it was my perception that people didn't love hearing facts about domestic violence, mm-hmm. but um, I was very wrong. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they like hearing yeah. facts and we got, myths and stuff. We got a lot of good feedback from yeah. last week. Yeah, we did. Lots of people said they learned a lot. And mm-hmm. Which was our goal. Yeah. To, to This is a learning opportunity for people, an outreach tool for us. Yeah. So that's the goal. And for you guys, you know, yeah. we want you to have better tools in your toolbox. Right. To deal with totally. This. Yeah. So because of that, we wanted to um, do a little retweet almost. We, yeah. know, we know that people really liked hearing about domestic violence and all of the little intricacies that most people don't know. And so this week we thought we'd talk a little bit about sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of myths with sexual assault. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I'm a little little bit nervous to talk about sexual assault yeah it's a tough subject yeah and I just know that when I have conversations about this with people in my work when I'm doing outreach it gets heated really quickly Mm -hmm. and people sometimes get upset about it yep because it's um we've talked like in the first podcast we talked about how sexual assault is often really gray it's not as black and white as domestic violence. Like, everybody can agree that you you shouldn't hit your partner. You shouldn't mm-hmm. smack your partner if you're angry at them. Like, we all agree with that. But there's a lot of gray area with sexual assault. And what is sexual assault? And what's not sexual assault? And who are victims? And who are not victims? And things like that. I agree. And I think also that... A lot of people feel targeted. They, like, immediately go on the defense. Yeah. When I do this presentation... To a lot of men in particular, because so frequently men are perpetrators in sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like I start talking about sexual assault and people are instantly like, oh, I know that's on us. Like, mm-hmm. that's our thing. That's the men thing. Mm-hmm. And I know that people get uncomfortable almost immediately. Yeah. When in reality, like, how many men do you know that right. sexually assault? And that's important to start, I think, start this by saying that we know yeah. through really important research that... A small number of men commit a majority of sexual assaults, mm-hmm. right? Um, so most men are not rapists. Right. But most rapists commit more than one rape. Right. They are serial predators. Right. Um, 
So yeah. that's important to know. And, and so when I go in and I do these presentations and I talk to, I mean, there's a lot of groups that I talk, to, talk with that are of all genders, but sometimes I have a weird occurrence where I'm talking to a group of all men for mm-hmm. whatever reason. And there's like a vibe where they're yeah. like, oh, are you pointing a finger at me? Right. Is this happening? So we are not pointing any fingers. No. We know that probably, I would say very likely, most of the people listening to this podcast are not people that sexually assault. For sure. And not all men sexually assault. No. Only a few of them do. Right. Yeah. And and we, um, we want to make it clear that when we talk about sexual assault and we talk about domestic violence, we often refer to victims as women mm-hmm. and to perpetrators as men. Livy and I both know, because we do this work every day, that men can absolutely be victims of domestic violence, sexual assault, mm-hmm. and stalking. Stalking rates for men are actually quite high. Yeah. Um, but the facts are that a majority of victims of sexual assault are women. Yeah. A majority of domestic violence victims are women, and a majority of perpetrators are men. Yep. And so, you know, I do federal reports all year round for funders, and when I pull our numbers, um, we might work with 12 to 15 male survivors of intimate partner sexual violence in a year. Right, and so it's happening. It's happening, but we're seeing 350 survivor, female survivors in yeah. a year. So um, our data supports national data um, that women are more often victimized than men. Right. But, but men are victims. And so right. we don't want anyone listening to our podcast to think that we're singling out men Mm-mm. as always being a predator, as never being a victim, mm-hmm. because that is not true. And we right. know that is not true. Yeah. So we just want to make that clear, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's just one of the reasons that I approach this a little like... Ugh, yeah, because it's, it's yucky. Mm-hmm. Because I think that, yeah, men get defensive. And they're they're and, worried about it. And I've actually seen women get really defensive. Yeah, absolutely. Because of the men that they love. Yes, they know. yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I mean, when it comes down to it, sexual assault is not fun for no. anyone. No, it's Whether you're talking not. about it, whether you've experienced it, um... But I think it's important, nonetheless, to have the the facts. Yeah. So that's what we want to do today. Yeah. Myths and facts. So buckle in for some very sometimes uncomfortable pieces of information. Right. But what are you going to do? Such is life. Sucks. Yep. It really does. Sucks to suck. (laughs) Okay. It does. All right. (laughs) It really does. All right. So where should we start? So when we are looking at these myths, we've compiled several, several myths. Um, But what we really wanted to do, especially because of how controversial sexual assault is, um, is when we have a myth, when we back it up, we want to make sure that it's extremely factual. So the, the facts you're getting, as opposed to these myths, are all rooted in nationally renowned research research yeah so we pull a lot from the cdc the department of justice mm -hmm. the fbi yep and then rain which is the The rape and incest national National network Network. yeah yeah Yeah. and you're definitely going to get some opinions from us too yeah totally they will be um labeled as opinions yeah it's not just livy and i telling you these are all the facts that we know (laughs) this is what you have to believe about what livy and i have determined based on our research according to according to us no. Us, me. We are a little bit more <laughs> ethical than that. Just a Just little bit. Not much. So let's jump in. All right. Mm, let's see. Okay. 
I mean, we can just... Okay, this is this is one right off the bat. Um, sexual assault is rare and affects very few people. Oof. Big myth. Big one. Mm-hmm. Big myth. Um, the Rape and Incest National Network data says that every two minutes... Someone in the United States is sexually assaulted, and 60% of sexual assaults are unreported to police. So sexual assault is the most underreported violent mm-hmm. crime in the United States. Yeah. And it's happening a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a I, lot. and I think this is, this is a very fair myth, because when I talk to people about this, um, very few people, well, I don't know, most people are not like don't ha- are not of the opinion that sexual assault doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Most people that I speak to that have issues with talking about sexual assault, they just feel like it's blown way out of proportion. Right. Like it's that we're talking about it way more than it actually happens and why do we keep bringing this up when it really only happens like maybe a couple times a year or whatever. And I think a lot of people think of forcible rape when they think of sexual mm-hmm. assault. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to say that sexual assault is there's a lot of different things that can be classified as sexual assault. And so sexual assault is basically any unwanted sexual contact by another person. So groping, fondling, mm-hmm. um, somebody smacking you on the butt at the bar, somebody grabbing your genitals, voyeurism, um, forced uh, somebody watching, forcing someone to watch pornography, child pornography, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of those things are sexual violence and sexual assault. That's it's right. not all forcible rape. Right, because it takes away your consent to, yeah, do that sexual right, thing. Right, right, right. Anytime that's compromised, and and you don't want it to happen, mm-hmm. that's sexual assault. Yeah, yeah. I am smiling because I love talking about this so close to the mistletoe season. Mm. I know that there's a lot of people that are like super into the mistletoe thing. Mm-hmm. I'm personally not. I don't think so. I'm not. <laughs> Just like a flower that basically tells you you can sexually assault someone. Yeah, no. I'm not into it. I've right. never... No. Great. Now we hate men and Christmas. <laughs> so we are... Yeah. Uh, we're great. And we're, she's kidding. We don't hate men. <laughs> no, I love Christmas. I'm married to a, a great man. <laughs> I don't hate him. And I love Christmas. I already I, have my yes, Christmas tree. my favorite tree holiday. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just... Mistletoe's a little gross. And I think all of us can agree on that right now. I think most people listening to this podcast say that there's nodding in, in agreement. Yeah, I can Mistletoe see that. Mistletoe is weird. <laughs> All right, what's our next thing? All right, our next thing. Um, Only women and gay men get raped or sexually assaulted. Mm. We just kind of talked about that. Yeah, we did a little bit. That's not true. It is not. Um, One in six men will be sexually assaulted in their lifetime. Um, The vast majority of male rape victims, as well as their um, rapists, are heterosexual. Yeah. So one in six men in their lifetime. Yeah, and actually it's interesting too, this varies a little bit by age. Yes. Um, it's much young, more common in young boys. Young adult men mm-hmm. are extremely, extremely at higher risk. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I don't have the statistic pulled up, but I believe it's from the CDC. Um, and it said that it's either from the CDC or from RAIN, the Rape and Incest National Network. Um, and it says that... Um, Men in college are three times more likely to be sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And so just being a man and being in college, you're three times higher 
at risk. And if you are just between the ages of like 18 and 25, you're four times more likely to get sexually assaulted. Um, so yeah, no one's left out of this. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. According to the to the CDC, um, 27.8% of men were age 10 or younger at the time of their mm. first completed rape victimization. Yeah. So uh, the statistics are high for young guys, young yeah. boys and, and young men. Does it take a turn then once you hit a certain age that you become less likely? It has to, I guess, It has right? to, yeah. It seems that way, according yeah. to CDC data. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but definitely... That's Definitely a, a myth. myth because yeah. there's a lot of a lot of heterosexual males that that do get sexually assaulted. Yes, and they're much less likely to. Um, they're even more likely to not report and yeah. seek services for obvious reasons. Yeah. Well, let's talk about them. Like, yeah. why why might that happen? I mean, there's huge stigma mm-hmm. around being sexually assaulted at all, anyway. Right. But when you're somebody who society deems strong and able. Um, to fight off an attacker, right. you know, women are seen as the weaker sex. We're more vulnerable right. to a, a, a sexual assault. Um, and so I think men feel very um, emasculated and weak if they, they feel that, that, they, that they are that, if they are mm-hmm. a victim of sexual violence. Yeah, and I think, too, that when people think about men, they think about people that are like more inclined to have sex more regularly and that's something that they really want mm-hmm. when people think about this. And so I've heard people say, well, you can't rape a man because men always want sex. Right. Which is untrue. That's untrue. Untrue. That's very untrue. Yeah. Yes. So there's a lot that goes into that and it can be super, it's super really challenging. Tough. Yeah. It's really tough. <sighs> Poor guys. Yeah, that's awful. Hmm. Um, Ooh. Good one, good one. Which one? You can spot a rapist by the way he looks. Oh, no, you can't. Nope, not at all. Turns out, mm -mm. (laughs) mm-mm. Yeah, rapists are not physically identifiable. They may appear friendly, normal, and non-threatening. Many are young, married, and have children. Yep. It's not like, I don't know, what what image do you get when you you think of a rapist? I mean, maybe not for you, but because you do this work. Right. But what is, like, the common... I mean, before I, like, when I came to college... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Creepy. Like Super a really creepy, creepy guy mm-hmm. that I would never have gone near. Right. Right? Like somebody that gave me the creeps. Yeah. yeah. Like you could tell. I could tell he was weird and creepy. Yeah. That was my um, my image in my head of like yeah. what a rapist would look like. Right. But yeah. very typically, rapists are charming and very nice mm-hmm. and very sweet mm-hmm. and someone you would trust to give you a ride home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I um, have sat in on quite a few, you know, rape trials, mm-hmm. um, and I have rarely felt as though the defendant was super creepy and nasty looking. Mm-hmm. They look pretty. I mean, they 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 look charming and clean cut, and well of course together. they're in court, but mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, well put together. Yeah, they don't look like a a crazy lunatic jumping out at you from behind a bush. Yeah. So alas, um, you cannot tell. They don't wear a name tag that says, nope. I am a rapist. No. Nope. They don't. Yeah. They don't identify themselves as a rapist when they come into the bar. No. Everyone take cover. I've arrived. <laughs> it's like and in, I'm that, a threat to you. in that small talk, like, oh, you know, what's yeah. your name? What do you do for work? Yeah. What are your uh, hobbies? I'm, I'm a rapist. Oh, it's nice to meet you. Oh. Oh. I, I, had, I had a friend who did that. Yeah. Yeah, my brother does that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe you know him. Maybe. 
Yeah. No. Another that myth. Is not. All rapists know each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's also true. Oh, yeah. That's not true. <laughs> that's not true. No. They don't. Yeah. Nope. Eh. Um, what's next? Um, okay, so this is the biggest myth. And I'm getting ticked already. Mm-hmm. Just like the last one. Your hackles. Yeah. They're coming. I learned what those are. Yes. Your mom. Yeah. Your my, mom said. Yeah, my mom did some research. She might have already known. She's a very smart woman. Yeah. But she knows exactly what hackles are. So right. in case any of any of you were wondering, so hackles are, and I can pull up the text for an exact definition, oh. but basically the gist of it is hackles are, I, you know, I'm just going to have to pull up the text. There, It's the fur on the back of a dog's yes. neck when yes. they get angry and they're going to fight cat. or a cat and they get their, their hair raises up. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. their hackles. Yeah. Yeah. So when they're opposite of an enemy or someone who yeah. is a threat, the hair... Raises up on the I've back of the I've seen that on a dog before. Yeah. Before they like, get Is it really fight. obvious? Yeah. It's because really obvious. you know when you like feel creeped out and sometimes the hair uh-huh. on the back of your neck raises? Uh-huh. Is that the same? Yeah. It's really obvious on like wired haired dogs. More so than like a fluffy dog. Anyway. But like on a human. On a human I don't think you'd see that. But you have hackles. Yeah. I mean I think like the hair on the back of your neck stands up. Okay. Like, the creeps or something. So it's important for everyone to know that this was not a joke. Farron's hackles actually do get raised. <laughs> And okay. we're starting that process yes. now. Yes, no, because this myth is the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Just like, why doesn't she just leave with yeah. DV? Mm-hmm. This false reporting is common, mm. right? Um, women frequently, quote unquote, cry rape. This is not true, absolutely not true, and has been debunked by all kinds of national data Everybody. and the FBI uniform crime reports. Um, the FBI reports that only 2% of rape reports are given falsely. And that is the same report rate for other felonies, false report rate. So rape is no more falsely reported than any other mm-hmm. crime, violent felony crime. Mm-hmm. And this is like the big one. People think women are lying all the time and men lying all the time about being sexually assaulted. Yeah. And I think that was always a thing that people thought. Oh, yeah. But it, it came front and center. With the Dr. Ford stuff. Oh, the Kavanaugh stuff. Yeah. Yep. I heard so much during that time. And it was actually really interesting because one of those rare occasions in which I just do presentations to men, which doesn't happen very often, but one of them was right maybe a couple weeks after all of that had kind of settled a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I was presenting to a room full of, uh, full of kind of rough and tumble guys, actually. Yeah. And it came up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, it was a huge conversation. I got super heated. Mm -hmm. So, this is something that happens, I hear, all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. Mm -hmm. And there is no, um, there's no data to support that. No. There's no credible data that supports that, that, Mm. that myth that, like, most sexual assault reports are false or even that... 10% 10% of sexual assault reports are false. It's no. just not true. No. And anyone who, who looks at this really closely sees that. Mm-hmm. But you have so many people that are just willing to be like, they're lying. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's a lie. Yeah. And do people, I want to acknowledge, do people mm-hmm. lie mm-hmm. about being sexually assaulted? Yes. 2% of them. Um, they do. In my experience at SAFE, I can probably count on, I've been here six and a half years, I can probably count on a half a hand. Three and a half fingers. Wait, two and a half fingers. Where's this half coming from? Well, you have five fingers on your hand. I can count on two and a half. Anyway. (laughs) All right. 
I can probably count um, very few mm-hmm. sexual assault reports that I've received at SAFE that I would say they, they turned out to be a false report. The victim flat out was lying about sexual assault. Yeah. I have seen unfounded reports, which are not false no. reports. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen. It just is unfounded. There's, There's not no evidence yeah. that it did. And in my experience as well... A lot of times when there's a false report that is determined to be the victim didn't report accurately or or didn't tell the truth, a lot of those victims have been suffering with some pretty severe mental illness. Yeah. And so, you know, for them, um, for them, something did happen to them. And it wasn't... And it's not that they were being malicious and going and making a report and lying to get someone in trouble. And that's what you see a lot in people's perceptions is like... These people are making malicious intent, yeah, malicious reports to try and ruin someone's life. Yeah, that's the phrase you hear all the time. She's saying this to ruin this person's life. Yeah, and that's not what you've seen. That's not what I see normally. Even no. even in the reports that have been proven false, mm-hmm. it's it comes from a place of vulnerability of mental illness yeah, rather than. I, I, yeah, I can think of a couple of times where I would say that that has been the case. Yeah, that a a, a person falsely reported a sexual assault to be malicious. Yeah, but it's but that's so out of low. I mean hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sexual assault survivors that I have worked with in six and a half years. So yeah, absolutely. That myth. Um, well, and I think most re- no. I think too. Like we we talk pretty openly about how at Safe Project we start by believing. Yeah. We always are going to believe a survivor. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I get this question in my life or when I'm doing presentations, they a lot of times this question looks like, "Do you believe?" all reports or how can you believe all of these reports when so many of them are false which again we've uh, covered that's not true but my general response is well I usually let the science back that up so I believe generally 98 percent of people I think you can err on the side Mm -hmm. of believing someone exactly because if it's proven that only two percent of of these are false and that's science then it only makes sense for me to follow that science and believe 98% of people. Yeah, facts are facts. Yep. And I don't think that's the percentage that most people want. No. 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 And so, like, it's no different than if somebody says, oh, my gosh, somebody broke into my car and stole my laptop. Somebody tells you that. Yeah. You're not going to go, well. Did they? I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, there's there's data out there that says, like, Two to six percent of people who go to the police and say somebody stole my thousand dollar laptop out of my car, those people could two to two percent of them could be lying. Mm-hmm. But the real question is, what was the car wearing? Yeah. No. Right. No. <laughs> that's the real question. Is it the kind of car that had like the eyelashes yeah, on? Yeah. Because that's a promiscuous car. I mean, you know, there's something they yeah. they want a little something. Yeah, that car if they have, asking for it. You know what I'm talking about when I say the eyelashes. Oh right? yeah, I've seen like them on, on Volkswagen. On the headlights. Yeah, my there's husband. Like, it's the, his biggest um, gross thing. It grosses him out, really bad. Anyway, so it's like that. It's that ridiculous to yeah. me. Doing as a sexual assault professional, it would be no different than if Libby came to me and said somebody broke into my house. I would never question her. I'd be like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, right. holy cow, let's let's call the police. Let's yeah. make sure you're safe. I mean, my, my response is that way with a sexual assault victim because I know that the data says that they're probably not lying to And, me. I don't know, you probably already said this, but and those numbers match up with most other major crimes. Yes. So the, It's the, no higher. Yeah, the false reporting is pretty much equal yep. as if I were to have said... Someone broke in my house and I was lying. Yep, 
it's no higher for sexual assault than any other crime. Period. We, we hear this a lot. A lot. And it's a really dangerous, it's dangerous because I think this is the number one reason why people don't report sexual assault. They don't think that people will believe them. Yeah. Um, I think it's the, it's the number one reason why rapists are acquitted every day in America. Juries don't believe victims. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's a really dangerous myth. It's it's dangerous. Like, why doesn't she just leave a domestic violence relationship? That's dangerous. We talked about that. This is dangerous. It's, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's, it's flat out not true. And it, it frustrates me that no matter how much data there is and scientific evidence there is to say yeah. this is not true. What is that about? People are like, no, nah, that's, that's, no. What Most is, women lie about being sexually assaulted. What Most is men the, lie about being sexually assaulted. Where does that come assaulted. from? I don't. Do you know what I mean? Um, because it's such a pervasive, almost a value. Mm-hmm. Value. Oh, yeah. It's like have. the biggest, I think, um, our county attorney and our law enforcement officers would probably agree with me that it's the biggest hurdle to overcome in prosecution and investigations is juries not believing victims, despite forensic evidence, despite expert testimony, despite nine one hysterical nine one one calls and trauma experts, um, people have a very hard time believing that most reports of sexual assault are indeed like true. And it's n- nationwide. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if your friend tells you that she was sexually assaulted or that he was sexually assaulted, believe them. That's right. That's her job. If your daughter tells you that, believe her. She's not lying. Most likely, unless she's she's the two or he is the two percent. Right. But out of a out of ninety out of a hundred people, two percent of them, two of them, two of them, will lie about it. So So the odds are in their favor that they're telling you the truth. Start by believing them. That's really important. It's really important. Yeah. Did um, I do the last one or did you? I I think I did because oh, I was good. very upset I, about it. I have one that I really love. Okay. Because good. we see this a ton in our work. Yeah. And I think this is one of those things that kind of goes back and forth with domestic violence and sexual assault. But if a husband has sex with his wife without her consent, it is not legally considered rape. Mm-hmm. So this actually actually took a long time um, in a lot of states to be con, con like changed laws changed about this marital rape being mm-hmm. made illegal it took a long time I think it was like the mid nineties before it and it, I could be wrong even about that but it was a long time before it became illegal to rape your spouse in all fifty states. I'm sorry, I'm laughing because that's ridiculous. Yeah, to it's me. ridiculous. But I'm trying to be sensitive because I know people believe that. Yeah, that that's okay. I don't feel that we need to be sensitive to those people. <laughs> okay, why? Why would no. someone think that they that they could rape their spouse? What yeah. is that about? Yeah, I don't even know. That is a, that is about privilege and power. Period. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That is all that. That's is about. That's, that's why the same mentality that I can hit my spouse. Yeah. I just can because I just can. That's why I said that there's a lot of crossover with this one. Yeah. Between domestic violence and sexual assault. Yeah. Because, like. Can you imagine being in a relationship and your partner's like, no, I'm not going to have sex. And you're like, well, yeah, we are. Yeah. And it's starting now. And then I, and then just being like, yeah, this is fine. That was normal. Yep. I cannot be, I cannot even. And this is very, you're right. It really does cross over into domestic violence relationships because I will say in my experience, 
where there is domestic violence, there is almost always sexual violence. But, so, and I agree with Because you. how do you say no to someone? How do you say, no, I'm not going to have sex with you if you're afraid that that person is going to get angry oh and gosh. hurt you? We're about right. to get me on my soapbox. Oh, your hackles. It's up. It's happening. Um, how many of our clients come in and we ask part, as part of our screening, like trying to figure out about more about their situation and what's going on with them, when we ask this question of sexual assault, which we typically do, how many of them are like, no, that never happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots. Yeah, lots. Lots. Well, here's my thing about this. Here's my thing. And we haven't covered this myth yet or this whatever, and it might not even be on this list. But a really intricate piece of sexual assault is that in order to properly consent, the person that you are consenting to can't hold power over you. Right. Or you can't feel coerced or manipulated. So how do you... I'm having flashbacks to a presentation where this this kind of came up and Mm -hmm. I didn't lose my temper. Good. But I was about to. It's hard. I was really close. Yeah. So how do you... Consent to have sex with someone if you know that if you say no, you're going to get brutally beaten. Yeah. Like, you know that if you say no to your partner when they want to have sex with you. You're going to be punished for that. And it's going to be real. Yeah. So is that Can you really consent? No. No. Absolutely not. No. This is my soul. But there are people who think that that is... Not sexual assault. There are people that think that if a man rapes his wife, that that is not legally considered rape. It is. Well, it is I think, rape. I think too, in the state of Wyoming, it absolutely is rape. I think too that there are a couple of different camps of people that when they think that this myth is a little hokey or whatever, you have the people that are perpetuating this crime, right? Mm-hmm. And that want to rape their spouse. But then I think there's another group of people that just. Maybe I'm giving people the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. But maybe I think that there's another group of people that are like, I have never been in a relationship in which I can imagine that happening. Mm -hmm. And so I can't really see what that would be like. So it probably can't happen. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like in, in my relationship, I never would fear that my partner would make me have sex with them. Right. So it's probably not really a thing. Yeah. It seems unbelievable to people right. that that happens. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It happens. Maybe I'm just giving people... The and even coercion. Mm-hmm. That's an important word. Mm-hmm. You know, and so when I was doing a lot of advocacy, instead of asking a domestic violence survivor, does your partner sexually assault you? I would say, does your partner make you feel like you can't say no to sex? Do you, do you feel like you're not safe saying no to sex? A majority of the time they said, oh, yeah, no, I don't. It just causes a fight. We don't even try that. I don't tell him no mm-hmm. anymore. It's just he, we fight about it. If I say no, I just give in. That is not okay. Coercion is yeah. sexual violence. Yeah. Well, and when, when we look at this, okay, we've gotten broad, but because we're... Well, we're, yeah, but this is a broad one. Yeah. Because it overlaps a lot. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, when we're looking at the nature of consent and we're talking about how that sometimes can't happen when there's someone in power or manipulating you or whatever. Right. That's when we get into these tricky situations of um, like teacher-student relationships. Yeah. Or yeah. or even when you're in a relationship with your boss. Mm-hmm. Like how how do you say, I don't want to have sex with you when you know that might influence your paycheck? Yeah, you could get fired. 
you're going to get fired or you're going to get less shifts or you're going to do whatever and then you can't pay your rent and then you're homeless. So having sex when you don't want to have sex seems like, well, you're like weighing the pros and cons. Mm -hmm. How can you truly consent to that when there's so much on the line? Right. Oh, we got me. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's a yucky one. I apologize. I got so worked up. Luckily, I don't hear that often. I don't. That if a man rapes his wife, it's not rape. I don't yeah. hear that often from, like, younger communities, yeah. um, like college men. Yeah, and when I was right. doing volunteer trainings for four years, I never had people be like, oh, that's a surprise. I didn't yeah. realize that. Most people agree, like, kind of like with domestic violence. Yeah. You, don't get, to, you right. don't get to do that to your partner. Right. Because it sounds kind of astounding. Right. Yeah. Um... Maybe, like, a couple more? Yeah. So this one's a really... And I think it's... um, We also have some really good just, like, statistics, Mm -hmm. too, that I think we should go over. Yeah. Um, But this one's um, really important. If a rapist is really guilty, he or she will go to prison for a long time. What do we know to be true? Ooh. Right? We have a really cool Mm -hmm. um, visual... And some people have seen it. Yeah, I think so. um, That shows... Um, statistics for the criminal justice yeah. system. Oh, I can't wait to share this with you. Okay, so this is how it how it looks. So this is from the Rape and Incest National Network, mm-hmm. which is Rain. Yeah, which is Rain. So this is from Rain, and it looks at maybe a thousand cases of rapes. So this is not even sexual assaults. This is rapes. Yeah, this right? is forcible rape. So this is not one of those like I grabbed your butt, right? Or groped. This you. is like rape. Yeah, penetrative sexual mm-hmm. assault, which isn't. A whole class of its own. Kind yep. Of. So out of every 1,000 rapes, so it breaks it down to 1,000. 1,000 cases of rape. Um, 995 perpetrators will walk free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then it breaks it down even more. You guys are going to love this. Okay. So out of this 1,000, 230 are reported to the police. Again, the most underreported mm-hmm. violent crime. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge cut. So we're cutting it down from from 1,000 rapes. 230 of these cases are reported to the police. Okay. Yep. Yep. So taking it a step farther, 46 of these reports leads to arrest. So now we're at 1,000 rapes, right? 46 of these perpetrators will be arrested. Right. Keep going. Keep going. Nine cases get referred to prosecutors. So after the arrest happens... Nine, nine of these people will be recommended for felony prosecution. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yep, so keep in mind, we're starting from 1,000 and now we're at nine. Okay, from that nine, five cases will lead to a felony conviction. Because mm-hmm. a lot of cases are pled down, mm-hmm. right? Maybe yep. to a misdemeanor or something right. like that. So this is talking about a, a trial where a jury says guilty. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then at the end of the day, 4.6 rapists will be incarcerated. We're talking jail time. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when we start out with 1,000 rapists, okay, 1,000 rapists, 4.6 will go to jail. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those things when we're talking about, like, how people falsely report to ruin someone's life. Like, we know these are the statistics. Mm-hmm. 4.6 rapists will have their life will go to jail impact go to prison yeah we'll go to prison right that is a very low unbelievably low number 
And I, I will say that we all share frustration with that statistic, not just advocates, but Mm -hmm. I work really closely with law enforcement, with um, prosecutors, everybody shares that frustration. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a big myth that if someone's really guilty, they'll have their day in court and they'll be convicted if it's really true. Yeah. Yeah. Not so. That is absolutely incorrect. Yeah. Absolutely incorrect. I think um, we'll do one more, and then we'll give you some a little bit more. Oh, this is a good one. Stats, yeah, I love it. Um, a person can avoid being raped as long as he or she follows certain guidelines, such as acting or dressing conservatively, not going out at night alone, and refraining from drinking alcohol or doing drugs. This is a good one because I tend to see this a lot on my newsfeed on Facebook. I, sen- I tend to see this, and I'm not trying to be ageist, but I do tend to see this a lot among older populations mm-hmm. um, when they talk about sexual assault of young, young women yep. specifically, about how they dress, how they act, what they do. Um, I love what it says here. I love what it says. It says, rape can happen to anyone at any time, no matter how cautious they are. Advising people to follow guidelines to avoid being sexually assaulted puts the responsibility of the assault on the victim. Instead, it is the responsibility of the assailant to avoid sexually assaulting others. And as a community, it is our responsibility to understand and promote the fact that sexual assault is never trivial, excusable, or deserved, and it is never the victim's fault. Amen. I agree. agree. That's a frustrating one. Mm -hmm. Um, The bottom line is, the only way to know or to avoid being sexually assaulted is to not be in the presence of a rapist or a predator. Right. And so I can say that I've had clients at safe who have done a lot to make really safe choices for themselves and they've been sexually assaulted. So women who have left the bar, they were drinking maybe a little bit, but they didn't want to drive home. They didn't want to walk by themselves, so they had a, a male friend walk with them. Maybe a fraternity brother down the street that they know. Maybe he'll, he'll walk her home. What happens? She gets sexually assaulted. Um, somebody's designated driver. Um, and it doesn't... I mean, we talk about all the time, like, it doesn't matter what you were wearing. That doesn't excuse somebody sexually assaulting Mm. you. The bottom line is it doesn't matter what you were wearing because sexual assault is not about sex. No. Sexual assault is about power and control. And a rapist can have consensual sex with anybody. That's right. Like they they can. They don't have to go out and rape somebody to have sex. They could probably go out and have a one night stand with a person and have have consensual sex. Mm -hmm. And I have been in the hospital. And so have you. Mm Mm-hmm. With sexual assault survivors who were sexually assaulted while they were wearing sweatpants and an oversized t-shirt yes. sitting at home on their couch because a male friend came over to hang out and play cards and something happened. So not only does it just not matter what you were wearing, that's also just baloney that it even is a factor because Wait. it's not. I just, I just don't know why... We're still having this conversation. Yeah, no. I don't it just, I don't either really because ridiculous. the thing is, it doesn't matter what you're doing, what you're wearing, whatever. It is the rapist's fault. 
nothing I could do would an ex- would excuse someone to rape me. Yeah, that's right. And it honestly, to me, what's really distressing is that we have communities that allow this to keep happening. Mm-hmm. We have communities that allow people to keep thinking that that it is my fault or that mm-hmm. it is the victim's fault. Number one. And number two, that we have communities that allow only 4.6% of perpetrators to go to prison. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it, part of this in here talks about alcohol use. Um, that if the victim hadn't been drinking or using drugs or something like that, they could have avoided the situation happening. Um, I think that is really unfair. Yeah. Um, because drinking alcohol... Like, being sexually assaulted is not, um, should not be a, a consequence of having too much to drink. And in no other crime do we say, like, well, if that person hadn't been so intoxicated, they wouldn't have gotten their wallet stolen. That's right. You know, that's just, and it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make what happened to them okay, and it shouldn't mean that that person who did that to them gets to walk free yeah. because a juror or a group of jurors doesn't like that that woman was intoxicated, right? Yeah, I just don't understand why That's dangerous. there are different rules for sexual assault. Yeah. And I guess this is coming from the perspective of someone who's worked with a lot of people who's been sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. but I'm just kind of fed up with it, oh, to yeah, be honest. Oh, yeah, it's getting old. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting old. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have a little bit, we have a few statistics here. That yeah. might fill in the holes of some things we missed. We missed. We may have missed. These are these are really great, um, mm-hmm. great statistics. One of them, um, for the cost and impact of sexual assault, the lifetime cost of of rape per victim is one hundred and twenty two thousand dollars. Gosh, would that over be a lifetime in like medical expenses? Probably medical expenses, mental health mental treatment. Health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and that's. Um, Maybe from comes from the Journal of Preventative Medicine. Well, too, we know that this is a fun thing for you guys to Google in your downtime, but um, people that have had really traumatic experiences, there's a lot of other stuff that goes along with it that you wouldn't have expected to. Like um, after a trauma, I'm pulling this from the ACE, ACE study, mm-hmm. Adverse Childhood Experiences. And while this talks about children, there's a lot of this that happens in adults too. Mm-hmm. Like once you have an experience like that, there's a lot of stuff that can go downhill. Like you're, um, some things you'd expect, right? Like mental health treatments level of, suicidality goes up but then also things like obesity mm-hmm. and heart disease and weird stuff that you wouldn't expect to be related there's a lot of stuff so it's not surprising that yeah. um i know a lot of people in the medical community are starting to look more closely at this because there's a huge huge relationship between your physical health and trauma so that's not surprising to me um that one so we've talked about the statistic that one in five women and one in 71 men will be will be raped right penetrative forcible Mm -hmm. rape at some point in their lives and that in the u.s one in three women and one in six men have experienced some form of sexual violence other type of sexual violence but this is staggering that almost half 49.5% of multiracial women and over 45% of American Indian or Alaska Native women were subjected to some form of sexual violence in their lifetime. The statistics are huge. My friend, um, Sydney, is um, the program director, community DVSA director up in Fremont County, which is up at the Wind River, in the Wind River area. Mm -hmm. And they are busy. 
I mean, yeah. the, the numbers up on the reservation are extraordinarily high. And people don't talk about that. But no. it's, it's, it's very high. No, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Hmm. Other things we want to cover? Um... Uh, annually, rape costs the United States oh, yeah, that's more than any other crime. Rape costs the United States on an annual basis $127 billion. Because of why, do you think? Probably investigations. Um, also, I would think medical expenses for exams. A lot of states pay for rape kits mm-hmm. to be done, and that's expensive. That costs the so states a lot of money. Why aren't we seeing national change then? Yeah. We, we are in a it national be a priority era. for Congress. Yeah, we're in a national era that's all about the penny pinching and right. why do we cut the budget and what do right. we do? Well, how do we stop? Like, how about we stop people from raping people mm-hmm. and then we cut down on the what one hundred twenty seven billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um and we are we're a um Laramie is home to the only university in the state, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So it's really important to talk about some campus statistics. Yeah, um, for sure. Twenty to twenty five percent of college women and fifteen percent of college men are victims of forced sex during their time in college. Yeah. Um and that comes from the Department of Justice. Yeah, that's cre- that's pretty crazy. Like that's one in a lot. I mean, that's one a in five, right? Or one in four yeah. by the time they graduate will be right. Sixty three point three percent of men at one university who self reported acts qualifying as rape or attempted rape admitted to committing repeat rapes, which is where mm. we get that data mm-hmm. about serial offenders. Yeah, um, and more than ninety percent of sexual assault victims on college campuses don't report. So it's it's rampant on college campuses. Yeah. I would say a majority of the survivors that we see at SAFE are yeah. college-aged women. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think part of that is because we're located near a university, mm-hmm. but also it just happens a ton in college. Yeah, it does. It does. And I don't always think that universities are super well-equipped to handle it. Yeah, they have. They struggle. Yeah. Yeah, they struggle. For sure. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope you learned a little bit about sexual assault. This is totally a downer podcast. Yeah, it is. I feel like... I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of kind of a bummer. But no. it's really important to cover these yeah, these myths absolutely. and facts. Um because if you know someone, you know someone who like if you know people in your life, you know people who have been victims yeah. of sexual violence. Because, it affects all of us. Because the stats are so high. It's so high. One in three women and one in six men have been mm-hmm. a victim of some sort of sexual violence. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the takeaways, right? Right. It does happen. It does happen. It happens a lot. Yep. And communities need to support survivors. Yeah. And we need to believe people. We need people to believe when they come people forward. and support them. And if your friend says that he or she was sexually assaulted, your response should be one of support and believing them and what can I do and not one of blame or questioning their motives or anything like right. that. Um, let law enforcement decide who's, you know, not telling yeah. the truth. Let an investigation go forward. But we should initially believe. Absolutely. We all should. And if you want more information on these statistics or about sexual assault and what it looks like in our communities and our nation, there are a lot of really good resources. Oh, yeah. I know the CDC has released a ton of stuff about it. Mm-hmm. The FBI has released reports. The NSDRC, um, which is this website with all these statistics. The that's National right. Sexual Violence Resource Center. Yep. And and I end up getting a lot of information from the 
Rape and Incest National Network. Rain is a really, really good resource. They break it down into ways that it's easy to understand. And that's R-A-I-N-N dot org. Correct. Rain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So if you have been sexually assaulted and you want support, reach out. Mm-hmm. You know, tell. it's not fair for you to hold that on your own. No, and that doesn't mean that you need to call the police. No. Um... Of course, we support you in anything you want yeah. to do. And but whether, we want to make sure you're yeah. okay. And right? whether that's calling safe and talking it out or calling a friend or a parent or a sibling, just make sure that you have people on your team because yeah. it's it's crappy stuff. It's important, too, yeah. to know that every state has a different statute of limitations for yeah. sexual assault. And so don't think that just because maybe in your home state, if you're a college student, you you know it's too late because um, some states a lot of states don't have a statute of limitations. Wyoming does not. Mm-mm. Yeah. So you could report at any time to law enforcement if you were sexually assaulted. If that's something you want to do. If that's something you want to do. So and we can support you in that process. Yeah. Or if you're not in Laramie, um, every county in the state of Wyoming has a program like ours, and um, you can get hooked up with somebody who can give you some support. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you can do that by going to our website. All of our information is always on our website for mm-hmm. sure. But you can call our hotline. Our hotline is 307-745-3556. Mm-hmm. And we have a trained advocate 24 hours a day that can speak with you about whatever it is that you're that you're going through. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And let me pull up the number for the national hotline as well, just in case... Um, that's a better fit for you. Um, because there's programs all around, really. Mm-hmm. So, and some people, like, it can be really hard to find out where the program is in mm-hmm. your area. So if you call the national hotline, they can connect you to absolutely. the right place. So the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-4673. And they're available 24 hours a day yep. as well. Yep. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. They also have an online chat. Yeah. So there are resources available. And you're not alone. You're not you're really alone. Not. I think we've proven that in these statistics. You are not alone. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. All right. Well, on that note. Until next week. Sorry to bum you out. Have a wonderful week. That's right. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye.